Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hey, Brittany. Hi, Emma. We've had episodes where we've mentioned Henry Hazlitt, who wasn't an economist, but a journalist who wrote books about economics and his- and, uh, and like new I think columns too I can't remember where don't quote me on that but yeah I think. yeah he he wrote all kinds of really amazing stuff that broke down the ideas of economics into a way that that anyone could read and understand mm-hmm. and I think that's why his book Economics in One Lesson is one of the most important books in history especially when you talk about the economy and one of the most important chapters seems to become more and more relevant as time has has gone on. And that's what I want to talk about today. The curse of the machine. <laughs> it's a mouthful, guys. It is. The curse of the machinery, as it's named, talking about the public's general distrust in innovation and during the Industrial Revolution in machinery. Yes. And, and I think this is such an important topic because we are encountering it today. And, and, you know, we'll get to all this, but it's funny to me that here we are a million years later and, and, and we're still facing this. So before we start and we go into the, the, the details of it, I want to go over some key terms or one key term, and that is a word called Luddite or the Luddites. Now, Luddites, this is during the Industrial Revolution, which we haven't done a full episode on yet, but we're going to have to because it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Luddites were a group of people who were really opposed, not just opposed, but like frightened of technology. And these Luddites come in, in, in two different forms, or I'm, I'm saying two different. There's probably several different. But when the camera was invented, for example, there were Luddites who believed that this technology would steal your soul. Like there were people literally going around saying, don't use the camera. It's satanic. If they take your picture, you're going to lose your soul. The same thing happened wow. when the bicycle was invented. People thought it was going to give women too much power. They're like, this is going to liberate females. We've got to stop the bicycle. Like this is crazy. So there's all these people who fear innovation. So it's so funny to me. Then you have the other Luddites, and it's the ones that we're going to talk about today. And they fear technology for a different reason. And this is the mm-hmm. fear that that new tech, new innovation is going to you know to steal jobs and, and mm-hmm. make human workers unnecessary. Something that history has proven, you know, time and time again that it's not true. But what do you think about that, Emma? Yeah, I mean, I think we see it happening right now with self-checkouts. And when you go to McDonald's, there's there's the screen where you can type in your order and it just shoots it out and it's just ready to go. Which is great. I love it. <laughs> oh, it's the best. It's awesome. But now that everything can be done with technology, people can go to the store, they can check out on their own. Um, and instead of having to worry that someone behind the counter will get your order wrong, or maybe you change your mind and you feel bad and you don't want to tell them what you really want, <laughs> you can use a touchscreen instead and order all of the items, make whatever modifications you want, and be pretty positive that your order will come out correctly. And people like you and I see this as huge progress because it's amazing that we've advanced this far. Others see it as a threat against workers, though, with these machines who will bag groceries or take orders at fast food. And the funny thing is, these are usually the same people saying that we need a $15 minimum wage, Mm -hmm. which is something that companies cannot afford most of the time unless they're huge. And in that case, they actually like $15 minimum wage. Like Walmart has actually pushed for a higher minimum wage. But on their own, right? Without government, yeah. Yeah, but also they have lobbied the government to make that the law because they know they can afford it and Mm -hmm. smaller companies can't and they'll, they'll go out of business and they'll lose competitors. So... If you can't afford to pay human workers, the easy easy solution is to bring in these kiosks and self-checkouts to do the work for them. 
But just because the jobs are gone, this doesn't mean that massive unemployment is going to happen just for everyone who has ever had these jobs that are being sort of replaced. No, you're, you're exactly right. And that's what Hazlitt was attempting to explain in this chapter, The Curse of the Machinery. So during the Industrial Revolution, many workers hated mechanical innovation for this reason. You know, they believed that this was going to be a job thief across all sorts of industries, which had traditionally relied on manual labor before, you know, machines were invented. Mm -hmm. So, and remember, this is the era of like farming. People were doing things with their hands then. And that was taking up so much time. I mean, I can't even imagine a world without machines. Mm -hmm. So in the stocking industry, and let me explain what that means because we don't really call them stockings anymore. By stockings, <laughs> it's like what you wear under your shoes, like socks or like yes. you know, things like that. <laughs> so not like stocking things on the shelf. So the stocking industry, that used to be mainly done by hand. And the fear of machines was so intense uh, because that was taking over. They, it was like making the stockings for the people. So these huge riots erupted as soon as the workers were introduced to these new machines, knitting machines, I think they were called, or stocking frames. So people were so worked up uh, that they were destroying these new machines. And not only that, they were burning houses down. Inventors wow. were threatened. And peace wasn't restored until eventually the military had to be called in to intervene Jeez. because people were just like losing their mind over this over but it socks. wasn't right over socks <laughs> but it wasn't just the stocking industry um it was you know similar outrage was experienced across the globe didn't try the human speak during the entire industrial revolution you know in the united states the great depression caused another wave of mechanical skepticism mm -hmm. because the leadites who we talked about they were blaming the mechanical advancement especially with farming um because mm -hmm. there was a lot of like i don't know what they're called they were called like cat what is it called? I can't remember. But just new farming equipment that was, you know, yeah. they were scared we're going to take take jobs and be responsible for high employment rates. That's crazy. And Hazlitt debunked this myth that machines cause unemployment. He wrote that the belief that machines cause unemployment when held with any logical consistency leads to preposterous conclusions. Not only must we be causing unemployment with every technological improvement we make today, but primitive man must have started causing it with the first efforts he made to save himself from needless toil and sweat. Can we go, let's break that down a little bit. If you can, yeah. if you want to take a shot at it, like what, what does the quote mean? Yeah. So this was written sort of a while ago. So it yes. might be kind of <laughs> tricky to understand in our, in our modern times here. But basically what, what Hazlitt is saying here is that, you know, saying that any sort of technological advancement is is this big cause for unemployment and cause for alarm is sort of like saying that, you know, the cavemen should have stayed, you know, <laughs> digging for berries yeah. and working super hard and much harder than they needed to. And it's ridiculous to say that we should fear, you know, these technological advancements because it's saving us labor. It's saving us from being as hard on our bodies, and it's ultimately going to help us lead healthier lives. No, you're absolutely right. And and I know that, so Hazlitt liked to call these people, you know, I call them Luddites. That's the, the technical term. Mm -hmm. uh, Hazlitt called them technophobes. But their fears <laughs> of unemployment were actually not entirely incorrect, but we're going to break this down. So in the case of, of the British stocking knitters, as they were called, um, it is true that 50,000 people were left jobless immediately after these, these new machines came into play. However, as Hazlitt points out, so he says, but insofar as the rioters believed, as most of them undoubtedly did, that the machine was permanently displacing men, they were mistaken. For before the end of the 19th century, the stocking industry was employing at least 100 men 100, 100 men for every man it employed at the beginning of the century. Wow. So basically what this means is 
yes, in the beginning, there was a little bit of this adjustment. We like to call it like market market correction, right? There was this, mm-hmm. this, this adjusting of, okay, we have these machines. Now, how many workers do we need? What is the demand for stockings? So it didn't take very long before employment was actually up from before the machine. Wow. Somebody had to operate the machines, right? So the same thing happened, you know, 27 years after the innovation of the or invention of the cotton spinning machine, mm-hmm. which was met with similar hostility. There were riots, things like that. Um, the number of workers employed in this industry had grown from 7,900 to 320,000. Wow. So if we're talking, yeah, right. And if we're talking about what a percentage it is, that's 4,400% higher than it was before the machines. So Hmm. the jobs came back and this doomsday prediction didn't even occur long term, but it did occur for a second. So it is important Mm -hmm. to mention that that there was a little bit, but it wasn't wasn't one of those things that lasted forever. Yes. It's not all doom and gloom. It doesn't all just go away forever. Yeah. Another example of this is in the ride sharing industry. So if you've ever taken an Uber or a Lyft or something like that, um, Uber is actually planning to eventually move to self-driving cars. I can't wait. Can't uh, wait for that, that. <laughs> that's going to be awesome. Yeah. While they may be significantly decreasing the need for human Uber drivers, it doesn't mean that these drivers will be left destitute or jobless. Instead, Uber has actually been expanding its delivery services. So everything from flu shots, meals, even puppies, all kinds of stuff. Uber offers a variety of services that, at this point in time, still require human employees. And if, in the future, drones are capable of replacing human delivery services, it'll only be a matter of time before new opportunities become available on the market. There's always things changing and rearranging, and that's the beautiful thing about the free market. And if you've read Miraculous Pencil, you can kind of picture that map of all these people who are connected and shifting around and doing different jobs. Um, that's sort of what Henry Hazlitt was talking about here. You're exactly right. And I'm super excited for drones to start delivering things, by the way. I know they have yes. like little robots in California. I don't want to live in California, so I'm not <laughs> going to go try them out. But in the case of fast food workers, and this is a big deal right now because I know Connor and I have talked about, you know, fight for 15. Mm-hmm. And there, there's all this internal battle of we need to pay fast food workers more. And then in response, people like McDonald's are saying, all right, well, we're just going to get kiosks then and we're yep. going to save ourselves some money. But, but let's talk about the real core issue here, just kind of like how there were some workers displaced in the beginning. These entry-level employees, and that means like that's your starter job, mm-hmm. that's like your first job. Well, now they'll have the opportunity to learn new skills because without, you know, working the cash register or whatever at, at a McDonald's, there's yeah. going to be different jobs to learn. These kiosks still have to be programmed. There, there's people that have to write the code. And that's mm-hmm. how you get them to work properly. So there's still all these new opportunities. It, it's like creative destruction, which we've talked about before on the show as well, where you destroy one thing and then an entirely new thing pops yep. up. So, and this is my favorite part, and I'd love to hear your comments on this after. So many people might be surprised to, to realize that that like d- advanced weaponry, what I mean by that is like blacksmiths, you know, blacksmiths who used to make swords <laughs> like in the medieval like horse time. Horseshoes and stuff. Yes, horseshoes. Yeah. <laughs> there are more blacksmiths today than at any other point in history. Wow. And yeah, that kind of is a reminder of like progress doesn't come with you're not like initial, like initial shakeup of an industry, right? Mm-hmm. There's traditional norms. They're going to take over old old things and new things will come in, but the change should be embraced because it's not that scary. I mean, Mm -hmm. if there are more blacksmiths today than there were when people actually needed blacksmiths, I mean, I think that's a really great lesson in innovation and that we should never discourage it because with more progress comes more opportunities. 
Absolutely. And opportunities create a chance for people to earn money and to earn an income. And they can spend that on the things that they want, whether that's, you know, getting a puppy delivered on Uber or if <laughs> Maybe it's <a> sword. something, <laughs> yeah, a sword or something you really specially modified from McDonald's. Uh, these, these innovations and this technological advancement is a good thing for us as humans. And it's a good thing for the economy. And ultimately, it's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. So thank you so much, Brittany, for helping us break that down. We will uh, be posting more about this in the show notes if you go to TuttleTwins.com slash podcast. And until next time, we will talk to you guys later. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.